0: How should we approach it? And the answer is this, that the word may become effectual to salvation. We must attend thereunto with diligence, preparation and prayer, receive it in faith and love, lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives. That's a very good answer. And I would like to read now from James 1, 19-26. Hear now the word of the Lord. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. This person's religion is worthless. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, would you help us now as we consider this marvelous truth uh, that your word does indeed bring your grace to us? It is through your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit that we've come to be saved, and it is through your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit that we are sanctified. So, Lord, help us to approach your word even now in a way that is right with reverence, uh, with faith in our hearts, with the intention to obey, O God. Help us this afternoon. Help us each and every Lord's Day. Help us day by day to live according to your word, O Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. When we talk about the ordinary means of grace, two things must be remembered. On the one hand, we are saying that these are the things that God ordinarily uses to work within the lives of His people, He uses, ordinarily, the Word of God when it is read and preached, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. These four things have been identified by our catechism as ordinary means of grace. Does God work in our lives through other things? Yes. But these are the things He ordinarily works through. And by the way, some might ask, what about fellowship? Doesn't God work in our lives through fellowship? That is to say, through other Christians as we relate to one another uh, that is to say, the fellowship that is found within Christ's church. And, and yes, God works through fellowship. And I would say that this is implied in each one of the means of grace that are mentioned in our catechism. God distributes his grace through the word read and preached. Where does this happen? Primarily in the church, in the context of the church gathered, assembled. And God works through baptism and Lord, the Lord's Supper. Uh, where are these things to be administered except in the context of, of the church when she is gathered, when she is assembled? Baptism is to be applied and the Lord's Supper is to be observed when the church is together. In fact, our union with Christ and therefore our union with one another in Him is symbolized through these ordinances. And the same is true for prayer. Yes, we pray in private, just as we read the scriptures in private. But the church is to be devoted to prayer when she assembles. So Christian fellowship is everywhere implied in this discussion about the ordinary means of grace. These are the things that God uses to, to, to grow us up in Christ, we are saying. And, and where do they happen? You know, They happen in the church primarily. Uh, they happen in the context of, of Christian fellowship. In fact, the early church we know, they gathered together and they devoted themselves to these things that we are now talking about. Uh, So, to state the matter differently, do you wish to be nourished by the grace of God as a Christian? Then you had better be a part of the church. For God has determined to graciously strengthen, purify, nourish, and encourage His people in the church and through true Christian fellowship. You will notice I did not say you had better attend church. I, I probably will talk that way in the future and use that language. But the church is not something we attend merely. It is something we are a part of. We must be a part of the church. We must have true Christian fellowship. Now, to return to the two points that I was making about the ordinary means of grace. On the one hand, we are saying that these are the things that God ordinarily uses to work within the lives of His people. The Word of God read and preached, baptism, the Lord's Supper and prayer. But on the other hand, we must guard against the error of thinking that these things work in an automatic fashion irrespective of the condition of the mind and heart of the one who partakes. No, we are here learning, brothers and sisters, that we do have the responsibility to partake of these means of grace in a worthy manner and with faith, with faith in our hearts. We do have that responsibility. Now, that might sound like a strange thing for a Reformed and Calvinistic minister to say. I'll say it again. We do have the responsibility to partake of these means of grace in a worthy manner and with faith in our hearts. It is a common misunderstanding, but a very serious one: that the reformed only believe in the sovereignty of God over salvation and deny all human responsibility. Have you ever heard that, that, that misnomer, um, that, that, that erroneous thinking, it, it, it's, it's not true. Do we believe in the sovereignty of God over salvation? Yes, we do. Do we believe that it is God, by His grace, who sanctifies His people? Sanctification, even, is is His work. Yes, uh, we we believe this as well. We can be saved and sanctified only by the grace of God, but we are also responsible to do things, namely, to repent and believe upon Christ. Uh, That is something we must do. And we are responsible also to turn away from evil and cling to what it is good. We are, we are to persevere in Christ, making use of the means that God has provided for us. Yes, we are we are to do these things. This is our responsibility. How can we do them? By the grace of God alone. Yes, this is also true. But these are things that we must do. All of this connects with what we are learning about the means of grace, doesn't it? For God works through these means, but we are called by God to partake of these means thoughtfully and prayerfully with faith in our hearts. We must be careful to do this. So then, the Word of God is a means of grace. People are brought to salvation through the Word and they are sanctified or purified in Christ by the Word. The Spirit of God works through the Scriptures as they are read, as they are preached. And now again, we are asking, well, how is the Word to be read and heard that it may become effectual to salvation? How are we to approach uh, the, the Scriptures? That is the question that is before us. And again, I want to consider the answer, but piece by piece, that the Word may become effectual to salvation, we must attend thereunto with diligence. That is the first thing that is mentioned. This means that we are to give attention to the word regularly. In Proverbs 8.34 we read, Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. The one who is wise will run daily to God for wisdom and nourishment. We must diligently partake of the word of God as it is read and preached. This means you should be here unless you are providentially hindered. Each and every Lord's Day to hear the Word of God read and to hear the Word of God preached. I think this also means that since we have access to the Scriptures, to translations of of the Scriptures in our homes, we we should be eager to run to the Scriptures and to read them on our own in in our homes in in what we might call private devotions. Uh, We need to be diligent in our approach to to the Word of God Next, we find the words preparation and prayer. We are, to, we are to approach the Word of God diligently and with preparation and prayer. Uh, the prayer of the psalmist in Psalm 119.18 should be our prayer. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law, the psalmist says. What a wonderful prayer that is. He's, he, he's a engaging with the Word of God, and he's crying out to God, saying, Open my eyes, that I may behold the wondrous things out of your law. Give me understanding. Give me wisdom from uh, the Word of God. And so do you do this? That is the question. Do you come to the Lord with preparation and, and in prayer, asking that the Lord would work in your mind and heart through the Scriptures? Do you come prepared on the Lord's day to hear the Word of God read And preached. Uh, Perhaps this should start on Saturday night, you know, as you prepare to go to sleep, knowing that you'll wake up in the morning, get ready, and come to church. Uh, Lord, would you work powerfully through the word in my life tomorrow? Would you work powerfully in the lives of others as they come uh, to, to church tomorrow? Do you pray for yourself in this way? And do you pray for those who minister the word that they would speak with clarity and that God's spirit would move upon? you and others through their ministry. We should come with eagerness and with expectation to hear from the Lord each and every Lord's day. You know, we live in an age where Christians may scour the internet and find audio recordings of the most gifted preachers delivering the very best sermons. And I would like to say to you, kind of as a side note here, beware of this, friends. Beware of this. Those resources are a tremendous blessing. But do not forget that God has determined to work through the ordinary. Ordinary preachers reading and preaching God's Word in an ordinary way. Have you ever thought about that? You know, I think sometimes we come to the reading and preaching of the Word of God and, and, and we, we, we think, though we might not even process it in this way, but I hope the sermon is really, really good this morning, you know. I, I hope it's an excellent sermon so that God might work in my life through it. But what about, what about ordinary preachers like me? And what about ordinary sermons like the ones you typically hear here in this place? I think we should come expecting the Lord to work through that, too, you know. In fact, throughout the history of the world... Um, ordinary ministers have ministered in little tiny congregations and very ordinary places to their own people and that's it you know there's no live streams <laughs> there are no audio recordings of other ministers it's just that and yet what is the thing being proclaimed hopefully it is the word of god that is what matters not the preacher not the skill of the preacher not the uh, not, not the quality of the sermon but the word of god read faithfully explained, faithfully proclaimed. Uh, That is where the power is, in the Word of God. And so we should pray that the ministry of the Word would flourish in this place. We should prepare ourselves to come to hear the reading and preaching of the Word each and every Lord's Day. Next, we are instructed to receive the Word in faith and love. So to receive God's Word in faith is is to receive it believing that it is in fact God's Word to us. That he inspired the composition of it and has preserved it so that we can read the scriptures and in fact say, this is the word of God. To receive God's word by faith is also to receive it believing the promises that are found within it. One should not expect to be blessed by the word, nourished and strengthened, if he comes doubting For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person not supposed that he will receive anything from the Lord. That is James 1, 6 through 7. The context is about prayer there. But I think it applies to hearing the Word as well. We should come believing that this is the Word of God and that the promises contained within it are in fact true. To receive God's Word with love is to receive it being reassured of God's love for us in Christ and with love in our hearts for God and and for His Word. Again, I'll bring you back to the point about preparation and prayer. Uh, This is one of the things that we must prepare for, is to hear God's Word, to receive it in faith and love. We must pray that the Lord would work these things within us and strengthen them uh, with the passing of time. We are to lay God's Word up in our hearts, brothers and sisters. That is the next thing that we are taught. This means that we are to hear God's Word meditate upon it, cherish it, and even devote it to memory. This is what Psalm 119.11 so beautifully describes, saying, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the psalmist loves God's word. He hears it. He, he prays that, that God would open his eyes so that he might understand God's word. But he also stores God's word up in his heart. He treasures it. He treasures it. Again, listen to James where we are told to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. That's such a beautiful phrase, isn't it? We are to receive with meekness, with with humility, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. How so? Well, as a means of grace, which is what we are saying. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. In other words, do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed? Then do not just come to the Word of God, hear it, and then immediately forget what it says. No, you are to treasure God's Word. You are to store it up in your heart. Heart. You are to meditate upon it. You are to ponder it. You are to cherish it. And then you are to go away with the intention of obeying what is said. You know. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. If you wish to be blessed in Christ, if you wish to progress in the Christian life, then be sure to be doers of the word and not hearers only. In fact, that is the last point that our catechism makes, that we are to lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives. You know, when I make application from the text at the end of most sermons, I mean, so much more can be said. You understand that, right? I'll make a few suggestions for application. They're simply meant to get you thinking in the right direction. I think it's important for you to leave this place, to think about what was read and what was preached, and to make further application for yourself. It's just getting you off in the right direction. That's all I'm doing there with those suggestions for application. In fact, there are going to be ways that you can apply the text that no one else in the church can because of your circumstance and life. But you have to do that work to cherish God's Word and then to go on to practice it in your in your life, uh, that is what we must do. The one who diligently hears God's word read and preached, with their heart prepared, in faith and with love towards God, with the resolve to obey what God commands, will be blessed. To approach God's word in this way is a very good thing. It, it means It is a means of grace for the people of God. I'm afraid that it is a very dangerous thing, however, to, accru- to approach God's word in a careless manner. So it is a great blessing to approach God's Word, to receive it in a, in a careful manner, with faith and with reverence, with, with love, with the intention to obey, and in fact, with obedience. That is a great blessing. However, on the flip side, it must be said that it is a very dangerous thing to approach God's Word in a careless manner, to come to it casually and unprepared, with unbelief and a lack of love for God, with no intention to obey what is said. Both the Scriptures and experience testify that to approach God's Word in this careless way leads not to blessing but to a curse. The one who approaches God's Word in this careless way will find their heart growing harder and harder with the passing of time and not softer to God and to the things of God. And so, brothers and sisters, let us approach God's Word with reverence, with reverence in our hearts, with love for God the Father. How was the word to be read and heard that it may become effectual to salvation? Hear it again. That the word of God may become effectual to salvation, we must attend thereunto with diligence, preparation and prayer, receive it in faith and love, lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives. Let's bow for prayer now. Our Father in heaven, help us to do this daily and weekly as your people. I pray that we would love your word, that we would run to it, Father, give us understanding so that we would know what it is that your word reveals to us, so that we would know you, that we would know ourselves and what it is that you require of us. Father, help us as we come to your word in private, but also and especially in public. I pray that you would bless, O Lord, in this congregation, the reading, the public reading, and the preaching of, of the scriptures. I pray that your word would shine forth, O Lord. Not the words of men, not the opinions of men, but your word, pure and undefiled. For we know that it is your word that has power. Your word saves, your word sanctifies. Father, I pray that your word would shine forth in this place. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God would work mightily upon our hearts as your word is read and preached. We know that we need this. We need you to open our eyes, to unstop our ears, and to further soften our hearts where they are hard, O God. Sanctify us for our good. and the glory of your name we pray. In Christ's name we say these things, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.